As you watch this teaching, I would like to ask you to please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner. This is Friday night. And tonight I'm here with Denise and Maxine. Welcome, guys. Thank you, Rick. Maxine, welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Denise. Home Group, welcome. We're so glad that you are with us and that you've made the decision intentionally to be with us. Thank you. And this week we've been talking about Halloween every night. But really, Denise, we've talked about so much more than Halloween. We've talked about spiritual pollutants. We've talked about contaminants. We've talked about being intentional about walking in holiness. We've talked about the greater one living on us. We've talked about the situation of the New Testament world and the New Testament church, what they were facing. And by the way, friend, I'm not trying to sell a book. I really believe in these books. Denise, am I telling the truth? No, this is wonderful. This is wonderful, and this is wonderful, a light and darkness and no room for compromise. These books, it's like a visual feast. It literally takes you into the New Testament. It will open the New Testament to you in ways like you have never read it before. You'll understand so much of what is written when you understand what the New Testament church was confronted with. Yeah, and, and we're coming into this time right now. No room for compromise. We're not coming into it. We are in it. Yes. We are in it. And the early church was called antisocial. I told you in one of the previous programs that in Pergamum there was a man named Antipas. You can read about him in Revelation chapter 2. He was killed. You know why he was killed? Because he was Antipas. It is not likely that that was really his name. That was probably the name that people used to describe him because it's anti, which means against, and the word pas, which means all, Somebody who just looked like he was against everything. And that's kind of what early Romans thought about Christians. Ah, oh, they're just against everything. It's a killjoy. They don't go to the movie. They don't go to the show. They don't go to the stadium. They don't go anywhere. They had just withdrawn from life. They're like hermits. What's wrong with these Christians? Can't they just participate in life and be like the rest of us? And there was a real tug on the Christian community to lower their standards and blend in with the pagans. That's exactly what's happening in the church today. It's exactly what's happening in the church today. And the people who were fostering that in the church in the first century were called Nicolaitans. If you don't know who the Nicolaitans are, please buy these books. I cover what is the deeds and the teachings and the mistakes of the Nicolaitans. The Nicolaitans said, hey, Quit being so austere. Why do you have to be so against everything? Just blend in. If you'll just act like them, they'll accept you. If they accept us, then we can bring the message to them. The problem is they blended in so much, they lost their power, they lost their witness, they were no different than the pagans around them. And Jesus was against those who encouraged compromise. And today there's a lot of compromise going on in the church under the guise of social justice. Now, I'm not against social justice. I'm for justice. But in the name of social justice, people have said we need to accept everybody, everything, no judgment. Everybody's a child of God. Everybody is not a child of God. That is not true. We're all made in the image of God. 
but that image has been greatly scarred by sin. And Jesus said, you have to be born again. We're told in John 1.11, you can only be born again by the power of God. It takes an intervention of God, a miraculous work for somebody to become a child of God. If you don't become a child of God, when you die, you pass into eternity lost. Everybody's not a child of God. And we need to understand everybody's not okay. Even if you like everybody, they're not spiritually okay. They have to be made okay. They have to be made new by the blood of Jesus. Let's keep our head on straight. Amen. Amen. You know, Rick, this book, I really love this book. I didn't intend to talk about those books. Well, because, um, you know, a few years ago, I remember that couple that had the bakery. Which book is that? This is No Room for Compromise. Compromise. And they had the bakery, and they didn't want to be a part of that homosexual couple that was getting married, and they were really persecuted. But you see, they didn't compromise, but they, but they stood for Christ. And, and that's what we're going to, that's what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to make, there's going to be a line. Are you going to compromise or are you not going to compromise and stand out and stand for the truth? Because if we do compromise, then we can't hold up the truth. Mm-hmm. We can't be a clear channel. But if we, if, if we don't compromise, they may hate us, but at least they'll know what they hate us for. The waters. Oh, that's not, good. Yeah, the waters won't be muddied. Well, this week we're really teaching on all of this because of Halloween. What should be our position about Halloween? And tonight I'm going to talk about how you should respond to Halloween. When you understand all the dark, demonic things connected to Halloween, I don't know how any Christian can celebrate Halloween. I'm not trying to be a killjoy like my daddy used to say. I'm just trying to say, hey, use your head. Keep your head on straight. Sometimes Christians are so open-minded, their brain falls out. Keep your brain in your head, think straight. If I gave you poison and said it's good for you, you would reject it. Well, Halloween is not good for you spiritually or for your grandkids. If you understand where it comes from, which we covered last night, everything associated with it. We saw last night from Colossians 3, 17. You're supposed to do everything in the name of Jesus. If you can't dress like a demon in the name of Jesus, then you shouldn't dress like a demon. If you can't dress like a ghost in the name of Jesus, then you shouldn't dress like a ghost. If you can't celebrate spirits in the name of Jesus, then you shouldn't celebrate Halloween. It's just that simple. Guys, come on. Just be simple. But we want you to have the free download called Trick or Treat, a Christian response Mm -hmm. to Halloween. This will be good for you now. You say, well, Halloween's tomorrow. It's too late. Well, then study it for next year. This will be good for you. And in this series... We cover so much more than Halloween. Oh, my goodness, it is loaded. But anyway, you should order yours today. And my book, which is called Dress to Kill. This book will equip you. But, hey, let's jump right into our verse. Are you guys ready? We're ready. Okay, we're going to go back to 1 John 5, verse 21, because it is so pivotal to what we're talking about, keeping ourselves from evil. And in 1 John 5.21, John is speaking to the believers in Asia, particularly those that are in Ephesus, because that's where he lived. And he said, little children, keep yourself from idols. Amen. Now, I know 
that in English, that verse is so little. Let's count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven words. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. Amen. But the RIV, which is Renner's interpretive version, takes these Greek words and the tense in which they're used and expands it to give you the full meaning of these words. For example, the word keep. The word keep just seems very simple to us. To a Greek reader, that word keep was a really big word. They understood the full meaning of it. Even the word from. It's the Greek word apo. It didn't just mean from. It implies intentional distance. The word amen didn't just mean amen. It doesn't want the end of a sentence. It's packed with meaning. So the RIV is, little children, I immediately order you to withdraw from idols. Those idols and what they represent are so evil that you need to seriously guard yourself against them and stay away from them altogether. I'm leaving no wiggle room on this issue. I'm absolutely and emphatically ordering you to immediately put as much space as possible between yourself and idols, those things that are evil. They are evil and represent a menace to your life, so you must urgently guard against them. And what I'm telling you right now is not open for debate and is not optional. It is an order that I fully expect you to obey. In fact, to underscore the seriousness of what I'm telling you, I'm even adding an amen to stress the point. I expect you to explicitly obey my instructions on this issue and do it now. <coughs> when the early Christians read 1 John 5, verse 21, they understood there was no wiggle room. This was not option open for debate, and it was not optional. It was an explicit command. Now, when you talk about Halloween, because tomorrow night's Halloween, there's a lot of things connected with Halloween. I'm just going to go through a list of occult activities that are in some way connected to Halloween, maybe loosely, maybe intricately, but it's all kind of in the same bag. And you're going to find out tonight, these are all forbidden by Scripture. Number one, astrology. My grandmother, Renner, was big into astrology, but it's forbidden by Scripture. Automatic speaking. That's when you just surrender yourself and allow spirits to speak through you. Automatic writing. Edgar Cayce was big into that. If you have anybody that follows the writings of Edgar Cayce, it's automatic writing. It's spirit-guided writing. It's evil. Calling up the dead. That's what Saul was killed for. Channeling, same thing. Channeling is a medium. Chiromancy, that's reading palms. I remember years ago, I got off of a plane in Siktivkar in Russia. And when I got off the plane, it was an old dilapidated airport in those days. And when we came walking down the ramp off the stairs from the plane, at the bottom of the stairs was an old gypsy. And before I knew what she did, she had grabbed my hand. And I didn't know what she was doing. And all of a sudden she started following the lines on my hand. That's chiromancy. She was going to read my fortune on my hand. She was saying, oh, you're blessed. You're this, you're this, you're this. And she thought I would pay her. I jerked my hand out of hers and said, stop. She said, you're cursed. You're cursed. Uh, wow, that changed real fast. I was blessed. Now I'm cursed. She was upset because I didn't give her money. But that's called chiromancy. Then there's clairaudience, that's very evil. Evil clairvoyance, evil, evil, evil. Crystalmancy, that's reading crystals, reading crystal balls, relying on crystals. That's all forbidden by Scripture. 
demon worship and consultation, just direct demon worship, divination. Balaam in the Old Testament was involved in divination. The Bible says that explicitly. Those that use enchantments, Balaam also used enchantments. Fortune-telling, these are all evil, and they are all forbidden by Scripture. Horoscopes, I told you my grandmother Renner was into astrology, into horoscopes. She would call me almost every day to try to read me my horoscope. I'd say, Grandma, I don't want to hear it. Oh, come on, Ricky, it's easy, it's just fun. Grandma, I don't want to hear it. She read it every day. Incantations, mediums, mirror gazing, that's evil. Necromancy, necromancy actually is what Halloween's all about. It's believing that on this night, the line between the natural realm and the spirit realm evaporates, the dead pass over into the realm of the living. That's necromancy. It is evil, evil, evil. Omens, oracles, Ouija boards. Hey, when I was a kid, we had a Ouija board in our house. My parents bought it for us to play with. Lori and I played with the Ouija board, and one day the Ouija board spoke to us. That's when I said, I'm never playing that again. It's evil. Palmistry. Again, that has to do with the hands, prognostication, psychometry, scrying. You say, what's scrying? Scrying is when you cut open an animal and you read the entrails of the animal. That's what Balaam did in the Old Testament. Soothsaying, sorcery, spells, casting spells, conjuring up spells. I knew somebody in the Baptist church that did that. They said they heard that it worked and they wanted to curse somebody, so they tried to cast a spell. And somebody, somebody went to our church. Spirit guides, that's a big term today that people use all the time. Oh, my spirit guide's helping me. Friends, you're talking about demons. Spiritists, tarot cards, reading the tarot cards, it's very evil. Teacup reading, Wicca, tomorrow night is Halloween. It's one of the biggest celebrations for Wicca. Wicca is just the new name for witchcraft. All over the world tomorrow night, witches are going to be assembling Casting spells, conjuring up spirits, because that's what they do on October 31st. Wizardry. All of those things are evil, and they're all connected with Halloween. Now listen to Deuteronomy 18, 1-2. Are you ready? Listen to what it says. When you come into the land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. So it's going to talk about abominations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter to pass through the fire. That was an ancient occult practice. Or one who practices witchcraft. Or a soothsayer. Or one who interprets omens. By the way, be very careful because today there's a lot of nonsense in the Christian world about reading your dreams. It's really on the edge of occult activity. Be very, very careful about that. Reading your dreams? Interpreting your... People just consumed with their dreams. Be very careful about that. Or a sorcerer, or one who conjures spells, or a medium, or a spiritist, or one who calls up the dead. For all who do these things are an abomination. It's detestable to the Lord. Isaiah 47, 10 to 14 says... For you have trusted in your wickedness. And then God describes wickedness. Therefore evil shall come upon you. Trouble shall fall upon you. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, and the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from what shall come upon you. Behold, 
They shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. They have no real power. It's all delusion. It's all deception. It's evil. Now listen careful. Divination, channeling, charming, clairvoyance, enchantments, familiar spirits, fortune-telling, magic, mediums, necromancy, seances, sorcery, spells, spiritism, spirit guides, wizardry, witchcraft, all of that is described in the Old Testament and its detrimental effects. My friends, these things are forbidden by God. It's trying to force yourself into the spirit realm without the invitation of God. If you want to open a door to the spirit realm, you can use these things to try to do so, but things are going to come your direction that will not be good for you. This is prying your way into the spirit realm. That's really what the occult is. Listen to this, Revelation 21, verse 8, the NIV. Those who practice magic arts, that's all these things, their place shall be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. That's how evil these things are. Isaiah 8.19 warns not to consult with mediums and spiritists. Why do people consult with mediums and spiritists? Because they're looking for help. But they're not looking in the source of help, which is the Word of God. They're trying to find it another way. It's trying to find wisdom outside of God. It's evil. Deuteronomy 18, 9 to 14, Isaiah 44, 25, Jeremiah 27, 9, 2 Kings 21, 6, and 2 Kings 23, 24, all condemns and forbids these practices. Condemns it and forbids it. Ezekiel 21, 21, Isaiah 19, 3, 1 Samuel 28, in those verses, the Bible says divination and spiritism, that's all these things combined are despised, dark, evil, forbidden practices. It's not just a red sign saying stop. It's saying forbidden. Forbidden. First Chronicles 10, 13 to 14, the Bible specifically states one reason King Saul died was because he consulted a medium for guidance. It brought a spirit of death into its life. These things were evil. I think about my grandmother Bagley that I loved so much. My grandmother Bagley was a precious woman. She was a woman of faith, but she was not an educated woman. She could hardly read. She loved Jesus with all of her heart. But the Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. She couldn't read her Bible. Back in those days, there was not a lot of Bible teaching. She really wanted wisdom about her life because she had had such a tragic life. And she would clean the house of a woman who was a fortune teller. She had a crystal ball. And the reason my grandmother cleaned her house was because she couldn't pay for a crystal ball reading. So she cleaned the woman's house in exchange for a reading from the crystal ball. And my grandmother had so many tragic events in her life and I've always wondered if it was that crystal ball which opened the door for some of those tragic events to come into her life. Hmm. These are door openers that are evil. Let's go on. Daniel 2.27. The Bible says those who claim the ability to predict the future based on their own powers or those of spirits are unable to do so correctly. 
They're just unable to do so. Jeremiah 13, 8, Jeremiah 14, 14, Isaiah 44, 25. In those verses, the Bible says, those who practice divination, that's all these practices, are filled with nonsense, lies, and they are deceivers. Leviticus 20, 27 says, if an Israelite was known to be a medium, he was to be executed. That's how serious this was with God. Leviticus 19.31 says that a medium or spiritist living among God's people is a spiritual defilement. Deuteronomy 18.10-12, the Bible says in those verses that we are not to look for omens or signs and reprimands those who do it. I don't think it could be clearer than these. Now, what about the early church? We're talking about Halloween. We're talking about paganism, darkness. The early church was just surrounded by all this stuff. I mean, they were surrounded by it. Scrying, killing animals, reading their intestines, mediums, they were everywhere. The Oracle of Delphi, that was a medium. I mean, the whole world was just filled with it, filled with it, filled with it. And the early believers were tempted to go into temples. They had no business going into temples. And so Paul tells them in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man, but God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way to escape it, that you may be able to bear it. You know what the word escape is? Ekbasis. Ek means out. Basis means to step. You put it together in context. It means get up, use your feet, remove yourself from that situation that is not good for you, walk out of a difficult place to remove yourself from a person or place that isn't good for you. Use your feet to make an exit. Don't just say, oh God, deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. God's going to answer you and say, use your feet. You can walk out just like you walked in. The same steps that walked you in can walk you out. Use your feet and get out of there. That's what the escape is that God prepares for you. It applies to everything. If you're tempted to eat, walk away from it. If you're tempted to sexually sin, walk away from it. If you're tempted to watch something you shouldn't watch, walk away from it. Use your feet. That's your way of escape. And then he follows up in verse 14 and says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, flee from idolatry. Those verses are connected. He says, oh, don't say, oh God, I'm just so surrounded by evil. He says, flee from it. Use your feet. That's your way of escape. Move your feet. And the word flee <laughs> depicts one whose feet are flying. His feet are not hitting the ground at the same time. He's moving so much as he escapes from that situation. Sometimes the strongest thing you can do is run. Running takes great faith. It takes great power to run from a situation. And we are to run from all of these things. So tomorrow night, while the world thinks it's just throwing a party, it's pretty evil, actually. They're not intending to be evil. But I guarantee you tomorrow night, Wiccan witches are meeting all over. They're doing their deal. It's a high holy day for them. Everything about it has its roots in evil. Well, the Bible says you're to run from it.
not tolerate, not accommodate it, run from it, put space intentionally between you and that thing, which goes back to 1 John 5, 21, little children, keep yourselves from evil. Amen. Denise. Our son, Philip, he's going to different capital cities in the United States and uh, having a worship and, and proclaiming the gospel and prophesying to the city. Oh, it's so powerful. It's so powerful. And uh, he said that in each one of these cities that they've been in, that there have been witches uh, that were in close proximity to where their worship was. And I said, Philip, tell me about your time in Jacksonville. And he said, well, there were witches. They were on the outside of us. And he said, Mom, I'm learning something. He said, I'm learning that the blood of Jesus is in impenetrable. In you can't penetrate. You it. can't penetrate the blood of Jesus. And that the blood of Jesus is the, it's drawing a line and the devil can't cross that line. And I thought that was really exciting for oh, him to say that. Powerful. Maxime? I have a question, if I may ask. Sure. What is a Ouija board? A Ouija board? I never heard of this thing. Isn't that something? A Ouija board is a board with numbers and letters and it has a little medallion. And people put their hands on it. Usually two people participate. And it moves by itself. You ask it a question and it moves by itself. It's guided by spirits. And it, it answers, it spells out the answer that you're looking for. Never heard of such thing. That's very easy. We had one in our house when I was a kid. We just thought it was a game until one day it spoke to us. I was with my little sister Lori and I said, I'm never playing that game again. Amen. You know what it was? I asked it. Well, I just thought we were playing. I said, how old will I be when I die? And that thing started moving. And it gave me a number that I would be when I died. And Denise would tell you, my life came under attack just before that age. So many times he was threatened with death before that age. And after that age, it ended. Stopped. But that was a demonic prediction trying to release death into my life. These things are powerful and they're evil. That's why the Bible tells us to stay away from them. Now, I hear, in, in my mind, I hear somebody saying, well, so what are we supposed to do with Halloween? Have a good family time. Do something as a family. Do something with your church. Have a Halloween like we do in our church in Moscow. Have a night when you address everybody at the church like biblical characters. Just have a blast and celebrate the Word of God. And if you don't go anywhere, Stay just home. get some candy and hide it in this room and that room and that room and let your kids go searching for candy. Just have a blast. Be pure. But remember, the study guide's free, trick-or-treat, a Christian response to Halloween, and the whole series, and my book called Dress to Kill. But we're done. This has just been awesome this week. I want to thank Denise and Maxime and you. We've been together five nights this week, and it's been marvelous. It's, thank it's you, guys. It's been marvelous. And thank you, Rick, for all your hard work and study. Well, you're very welcome. Father, we thank you for our home group. We pray for the purity of the Word of God and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to work in our kids and our grandkids and our churches and help us to stay free of spiritual pollution. In Jesus' name, mm. amen. amen. Hey, good night, sleep well, and we will see you Monday night. Bye-bye. If that teaching helped you, would you please subscribe, like, and comment 
so more people can see it. 